Welcome to episode 14 of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project. RJVP. Number 14, special in your heart, Anthony, your lacrosse number back in the day. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Offensive coordinators getting fired off the shoulder of rivers. I watched D-lines glitter in the dark near the Golden Gate. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. Time to die. What a time to be alive. RJVP. Barely. Made it another week. Barely. The NFL listened to last week's show, and we're managing to do another. Felt like that one was, the the quote I heard was, that went right up to the line. Which I was surprised by. I thought we crossed the line several times, um, and I thought I would get a reaction. uh, And I was surprised by the reaction that I got, surprised and a little infuriated. I don't know if we're even allowed to talk about it. I don't want to get you in trouble. But I thought that someone would talk to me after that one. Uh, instead, they talk to you. No, I think, yeah, the, probably the game plan is just is just hope this goes away without anyone getting fired in the meantime. And, and maybe come back next year, too. There's no chance some, of that. Got some money. There is no chance. What, what if they sell it, let's say, and you get paid? Why have they sold it already? What? And, and what are they going to pay? What is it going to be? I don't know. That I couldn't make that I couldn't make on the sidewalk right now if I walked out there and told a, told two jokes. <laughs> I'm a, you ever try that before? I'm a professional. Never had to, Greg. They could send you Never had to. Send you a car. But that's how I feel uh doing this uh doing this show here. I came in today, uh drove myself in again and wasn't on the list uh to get in here. Had to uh, had you come down and get me, which is is uh you know, shows the level of respect that I'm getting. I don't want to get into it too much. That that was the problem last week. Uh, if you heard the episode last week, I I uh I spit some fire about uh, the way I've been treated and respected on this, uh, or lack of respect that I've gotten here at the NFL Network, and they were upset about it. And, and you know, uh, I would say that you were threatened over it, uh, which I, <laughs> I would not which, say that. which of course upsets me to no end. But if you listened to the podcast last week, you heard things that I said the NFL got upset about. So this week I got to kind of button it up. We're not going to be able to say things like this. I'll say this: the NFL Network does <laughs> not know how to appreciate talent. <laughs> And that that has come through uh, more and more clearly. And there was a, uh, I would say that like a line was drawn, mm. and uh, and it was not it was not crossed. You know, I think if people don't, if people aren't as talented as I am, they don't know how you're supposed to be treated. <laughs> but you need to feel like you're appreciated. Yeah. And you cannot be uh, what I'll go ahead and say uh, is being screwed with. And and you you've kind of you're not. You're a little bit to blame. But yeah, I forgive you. I forgive you immediately because you are my best friend. But friend. the rest of the friend. network. Best friend. That's why I'm here. That's the only reason that I'm here is because we're best friends and I wanted to work with you. But I can only abide so much disrespect <laughs> from the league. And it has been coming in waves <laughs> and droves. And I, uh, I'm out. Once, once you flip a switch mentally, you're, you're done. Yeah, was that was a, a long clip. Yeah, that was a long clip from last week. Uh, just an example of what we can't do this week uh, per the NFL, uh, what they frowned upon. You know, they just didn't like that. They didn't like, uh, let's say, they didn't like this. Everyone else at the NFL Network is a coward and won't come anywhere near me. And, I, and rightly so. I understand I'm a little intimidating, but I haven't spoken to anyone else. You're the only one I talk to. Yeah, that, uh, that, again, that was from last week. Uh, I wouldn't say something like that this week just to protect Greg's job. Uh, I, I, just w- I won't go there. I've I won't lost go th- total control of this show. <laughs> yeah, you, you never had control. I mean, if you had control, then last week I wouldn't have been able to say this. <laughs> and don't be sad. You know, just be happy that I ever did this, that I ever did any of you the favor <laughs> of coming here to this, what I'm going to go ahead and call, in quotes, a network <laughs> that does not know how to handle talent and, and do this podcast with my best friend, Greg. <laughs> what is going on right now? Yeah, those are, those are just things. If you, were, if, you were try, if you were tuning in this week to hear things like that, you're not going to. Or if you were tuning in for the first time ever and you have no idea what we're talking about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go back and listen to the last episode. The yeah. last 13, really. Because, you know, we're a... A pair of friends. We're it's gonna we're gonna talk about football friends. eventually. We're friends. It's best friends. We're gonna talk about football eventually on this show. Some headlines and whatnot. But we wanted to get this housekeeping out of the way since these are our last you know couple episodes and, and whatnot. We'll, oh, it's the final gonna, countdown. We'll this this could thing. be it. I almost didn't come today. Uh, once once I heard uh, the shenanigans that uh, that have been going on here. Your uh, emails to me have been more terse 
you know, <laughs> just just clearly ready to ready. To, but you're a pro. You're not going to pack it in. Uh, it, it when it comes fr- to bringing the funny, you're going to still you're going to come. Our friendship is my only concern. It's the only reason that. I, and I, you know, the fans a little bit. I want to. I want to go out on like a on a solid note. You know, I mean, I either kind of want to get fired or get you fired. Uh, those are my two options here. But, yeah, we will get to football uh, quickly. Just to talk about what did you do this week? Anything uh, Anything uh, not having to do with this podcast? Um, no. My whole life pretty much just exists in relation to you. I just kind of unplug when I'm not around you. Not who do you, uh, who do you love more, me or your wife? <laughs> I love my wife more. You had to think about to it. That. He had to think about we, it. You know, we had a nice weekend. It was a nice normal weekend. There was no football You know, Saturdays. We went to the movies. Yeah. Uh, Did she scald herself again? <laughs> That's not nice. I I, I mean I, I wasn't we being moved mean. Our, I was describing some, an incident that happened. I'll, I'll let you know about it later. We you know we traditionally do this later in the show, but you know I moved um, Walker into Ellis's room last weekend, so that was big for your god kids. There, those are my two kids. They're now sharing rooms, so those are some big things happening. Nice. How was uh, how was Ellis taking that? Is she is she liking it or is she kind yeah. of upset that her territory? Yeah, she likes it. She likes having. Does he go? Does Walker go in the TP that I got Ellis? Uh, no, not yet. I got his. I got his. Uh, Greg's children a TP to put in their bedroom, which I thought if I was a kid, I would want a TP, and I was right. She loves it. She loves me. She loves me more than you or your wife. She can now recognize you in a picture, so that's a that's a good step. That's good. Well, I've given her so many pictures of myself <laughs> that it's about time. How about you? Uh, anything the last week? I've been doing a lot of shows, a lot of stand up, uh, building up new material. Uh, so if this if this podcast ever falls through, I have, I have something to fall back on. Um, <laughs> I went to I, a friend of mine and I, my writing partner. Uh, I'm working on a TV show uh, idea with with a friend of mine, and we were like, let's go out and do something. Let's like have fun. We'll go to dinner and instead of just watching a movie. Let's go do something. And he was like, do you want to go see uh, Taleb Kweli uh, downtown LA? And I was like, yes, I love Taleb Kweli. Like that'll be awesome. And we go to dinner at a really nice restaurant, uh, Broken Spanish. If you've never been, it's a great uh, Mexican food place. And then we get to this concert. It says doors at eight. Show starts at 9. And I'm like, Taleb Kweli is a pro. He's an older hip-hop guy. It's going to be like, he's going to come on by 9.30. Show's going to be over by, by 11. I was very excited. I got there at 9.30. There were two, two and a half solid hours of opening acts. Each of them terrible. <laughs> Each of them worse than the one before it. They would all come out and they would be like, all right, are you guys excited? No one was excited to see any of them. No one knew who any of them were. And then they would get like bummed out. They'd be like, oh, you're just here to see Taleb Kweli? Like, of course we are. And by like 11... I look over. My friend is asleep next to me. He's sleeping. You're sitting like, down. We're sitting down. Yeah, we're in the back. It was kind of like a raised seating thing. I was going to get with the kids in the front. And I said, you know, let's leave. I was like, it'll be more fun if we just <laughs> leave before Taleb Kweli gets on stage than it will be if we sit and watch the whole thing because we were so annoyed. And we walked out. He was maybe minutes away from coming on stage. His DJ was up there. The lights had gone down. And we were like, screw it, hard out at 1130. And walking out of that building was the best thing I've ever done. Better than any concert I've ever been to. Better than the out. Mac Miller show we just saw a little while back. Mac Miller was great because Mac Miller was professional. <laughs> there was a real venue that wasn't just trying to sell drinks for, for two and a half hours, three and a half hours. They, uh, Mac Miller came on, killed it, and left. That was great. That was a great show. Even though you tried to ruin it by leaving the t-shirt that I got your daughter in a bar. Oh. Like a scumbag. That was, that was sad. Although I bought the shirt. Online after you bought a you bought a, a shirt, not the it shirt. It was close. It was it was. Oh, Greg, this is. I mean, I hate you just as much as I hate the league. Let's go. What was cut? That was Taleb Kuli, I assume. Well, that was Taleb Kuli and Most Def Black Star. Mm. You know, their album together, the first one. Which was great. So that was technically most deaf. But uh, I figured you didn't hear Taleb Kweli in concert. So we, Why'd you we trick me? Why'd today? you say we're going to play some Taleb Kweli well, and play most deaf? Black Star is basically the same thing. Yeah, but why not play a verse from Taleb Kweli? Because most deaf is better. <laughs> you know, uh, that's uh, another controversial statement. This is why the NFL's mad at us, Greg. Because you say things like that without thinking. Without thinking about feelings. Let's do what was cut uh, last week. I said, uh, I don't, I assume this was cut because of the way that I said it, uh, the rage that I said it with. I said, edited because we balled too hard, uh, which doesn't sound, which doesn't sound like that big a deal. I guess I was referencing uh, doing a podcast with um, your old Droog 
on the NBA Network. Yes. Um, th- and when I say it, it like this, when I say it in this order, it sounds kind of benign. But I guess I was I was full of rage. The tone was bad. It was very reminiscent of uh, Bill Simmons in his famous rant uh, against Roger Goodell. Which Shout out to Bill Simmons. We'll see you in heaven, Bill. <laughs> which helped uh, expedite his uh, – I think he got suspended for that. He said uh, testicular fortitude. Well, right. That, that was, was the at the end, but him. but there was yeah. one where he basically just challenged uh, our fearless leader, and all of this is getting edited again. Really? No, because that, that was what I did was fine. I just repeated it. It sound it was benign. Oh, guys, if you got to edit it for your job, that's okay. But I think that this was fine. Um, some regular swear words. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and say them because it's fun to do. Uh, I I for a little while I was saying shh instead of, but you want that. T- you want that, you know, you want those hard consonants at the end. Just saying shh was kind of weak. Um, and then we cut an entire segment. Uh, we did two Ask Anthony's last week. One of them was about Last Comic Standing. And I kind of, if you followed me on Twitter during the whole Last Comic Standing thing, you know I was not happy with the edit. And I kind of raged against mm. them. Uh-huh. And I compared them to uh, the network you're currently This listening. is a trend that you wind up being upset with and getting in a fight with. Uh, your employer. No, we edited uh, Last Comic Standing. It is, a, it is a trend that I have. I, I bite the hand that feeds me many times, but I think that just means that some people don't know how to produce me. Because I've had bosses that I've loved. Shout out to Mike Shoemaker, now the uh, showrunner at Late Night with Seth Meyers. When I worked on Jimmy Fallon, I told him every chance I got, he's the only authority figure that I haven't wanted to murder. Uh, but some people, some networks, uh, just don't know how to deal with me. And that's part of the challenge of dealing with a talent such as myself. Or they I do things like editing your email. Yes, yeah, that was. Trouble. But you, you when, don't, when it, do not call yourself an authority figure over me. <laughs> you are my best friend, and that's all. Friend, that's uh, all. Emma, my wife, when she heard that, she thought that was the funniest part. She loved the whole last podcast, but she thought that was the funniest part of the whole podcast was hearing that story, and thought that story really typified that was our friendship in a nutshell. Absolutely, me, I think that was me uh, trying to edit. Yeah, and, yeah. and telling me afterwards kind of sheepishly, like, oh, yeah, I edited. Maybe if I – this could be my Just last trying podcast. trying to save yourself and this is very This is very likely my last podcast. There's a chance I do one or two more going through the end of the Super Bowl. Uh, I don't know. I would like to not. I would have liked to have not come in this week, but I did pushed. Uh, because of my best friend Greg. Last yeah. thing that was cut from last week. Um, this has been cut several weeks in a row. Uh, talking about John Clayton and his relationship. <laughs> edited for – Touchdown, Airbud. <laughs> Maybe that gets through. Brandon, what do you think? Doubtful. You guys are getting worse and worse as we go on. I can't believe the things you leave in versus what you take out. Um, whatever. Maybe that's the last what was cut. That's fine. Let's get the headlines. Plus with the melodrama, fellas wanna hover in my sight, but like a helicopter, like it's a special honor. The stealth bomber, gem dropper, make the ghetto holler. Intercontinental. That was Taleb Kweli for sure. I remember that song from college. That was one of the first Taleb Kweli songs that Greg introduced me to. Greg was a big fan back in the day. Move something. That was uh, that was move something. Oh yeah. That was uh, that was great. That was early Taleb Kweli. Uh, check him out if you have the time. <laughs> so we got to start with the big news in the NFL this week. The big game coming up. Everyone is talking. Oh my God! About get it. your party. Get your get your chips. Get your sandwiches. Get the platter. It is almost time. And the preparation has begun for the 2016 Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Oh, man, I am excited about this this year. Team Irvin facing off against Team Rice. Just one of the most storied rivalries in the NFL. People, you know, as we tape this on Wednesday, getting ready for the Pro Bowl draft. A lot of Pro Bowl mock drafts around. Just just oh, wild. I'm like a Jewish kid on Christmas. I'm so excited. I can't even believe – oh, God, the, the the Pro Bowl is such a big <laughs> event to me. Like When people talk about the NFL and they say the NFL is like the biggest the biggest league in the country, when they say football is the biggest sport in the country, they're really talking about the Pro Bowl. If it wasn't for the Pro Bowl, then I think this league would fold inside inside a month. Everyone just waits all year long. Who's going to be in it? What's going to happen? Who's going to win? Who's going to get picked? Who's going to start? People love the Pro Bowl. The players love the Pro Bowl. It is, it is the creme de la creme. State of Hawaii is just on fire this week, but let's let's move on and at least for now we'll try to distract ourselves. We'll talk a little bit about. I can. What else, I mean, what else is there? <laughs> what else happened? You know, over the last week, and uh, let's start in Denver, where what happened must have pleased Anthony. We haven't talked about this at all. I don't know if you watched the game live or, or oh, what yeah, happened, but live. but of course the Denver Broncos, Peyton Manning, the, their great defense uh, took care of the New England Patriots. 
and they did it in a particularly vicious fashion, hitting Tom Brady 20 times in the game. Crushed him. Knocking him over. I mean, just domination up front. It was amazing they were still in this game. If anything, uh, it was a memorable performance by Brady and Gronkowski to even get them in that position. But ultimately, you got to give the Broncos credit. And their pass rushers went to extraordinary lengths to humiliate Brady, one of them telling uh, Robert Klemko of the MMQB that he tried to rub his dong on Tom Brady after the play. He tried to get on top of him and just rub him with the old dong. Yeah, I support this move uh, 100%. I love that it's like I love that he's an unnamed source. Like he was like, "Hey, I'm going to tell you this, print it, but don't use my name." Uh, but I support this move because Tom Brady is the Blarney Stone of dongs. Rub your dong on Tom Brady and you have good luck for the rest of your life. Now, did he actually rub his dong on Tom Brady or did he just try and fail? I guess we'll find out in the Super Bowl. If Denver wins, it's obvious Tom Brady got a dong rubbed on him by one of the Denver Broncos. Who do you think it was? Oh, I, 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 have a, I have a guess. I know who it was. It was Von Miller. It was Von Miller for sure. <laughs> of course it's Von Miller. What other player sack celebration is pelvic thrusts? He's, obs- <laughs> he's obsessed with, with dong, putting his dong out there. I mean, it, I love Von Miller. but uh, Everyone does. Von Miller's entire family rubbed their dong on Tom Brady during that game. Uh, Tom Brady loves Von Miller. He does now. That was Kesha. Edited for Crack is Whack. <laughs> Brandon, our <laughs> producer, was dancing during that uh, entire segment. And then the second you made your joke, uh, he just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I immediately went to my pen to the paper saying, let's mark this down. Brandon, Why? Come on, that could, that could stay. Brandon's that was been in a great mood, by the way, all week because he got another broadcasting job. This is not a joke. Uh, he will now be the announcer of, I be- what is it again? It's now, girls, it's going to be a spring sport, track and field, women's track and field or something, but you got a new gig. Yeah, basically, baseball and softball. Okay. For, baseball uh, and softball? For CSUN, yeah. For CSUN, that's awesome. Yeah. What were we doing before? Cal State Fullerton men's and women's basketball. Okay, so different schools, different sports. That's yeah. great, man. You're really spreading out. Yeah. Uh, by this. <laughs> I'm waiting for the joke. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, the joke is the job you got. <laughs> That was good. Brutal. Thank you. Uh, let's stay in Denver and, and talk about that game. And Tom Brady took a lot of criticism before the game from the Broncos, who really went on him in the press, certainly after the game. A lot of people enjoyed uh, this Patriots loss. I, I wrote an article about, you know, pick, you know people just enjoyed Patriot and Freud. Kind of Belichick, Brady. They love seeing him lose. You do, too. And the wife of Eric Decker, Jesse James, who's also a, a country star, I believe, has a theory of why Tom Brady – gets picked on what so much. And, sh- and she says it's because he's so good-looking that if he wasn't that good-looking, people would not pick on him this much. They're, they're jealous, and they just want to go after a guy that seemingly has it all because he's so hot. That is crazy. Here, here's, the, here's why that theory is, 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 is terrible. I'm going to debunk this right now because Peyton Manning is a million times hotter than Tom Brady. <laughs> what? Is a million times sexier than Tom Brady. It's like Peyton Manning is – I mean, like a, a male model. Like, he is, like, on the runway. He is in every commercial for a reason because he is gorgeous. Tom Brady, he's not a bad-looking guy, but he's no Peyton Manning. He's no Peyton Manning. Can you identify with, with this, getting picked on more because uh, cause you're a good-looking guy? I mean, more than you? <laughs> Probably, I would think. I don't really get picked on that much. People, people are afraid of me. Like, people can't even talk to me when I come into work. That's what I, I don't get picked on at all. Who's better looking, Eli or Peyton? Oh, I mean that's tough. That's tough because that third brother is no joke either. Uh, the third Manning brother, I would say. I would Cooper. say Peyton. Peyton has got this classic. I'm gonna say like a Greek Adonis kind of good looks. You know what I mean? That you would like if you could if you could sculpt your baby's face to look like Peyton Manning. Are you tell me you wouldn't do it right now? If you could just, like, mold it with your hands, you wouldn't try to make him look exactly like Peyton Manning. <laughs> I'm just kind of freaked out by that. That'd be a good-looking baby. I'm telling you, I, I'm not alone here. Everyone thinks that, uh, that Peyton Manning is better looking than Tom Brady. Not Jesse James. What is this? 
Blast from the Past. That was a Greg Rosenthal's corn cover band. Uh, they were called On the Cob, and they were they were something. They were really something back in the day. Greg got so much <laughs> because of his corn cover band, On the Cob. I'm I'm missing Ural Drug this week with these uh, with these bands in between. I miss him. The Broncos <laughs> fans enjoyed this victory, as I said before, during, and after. Uh, viral video this week came out where a Broncos fan had tipped a porta potty over during, before the game with the Patriots fan inside. And the video is essentially just a gleeful pa- Broncos <laughs> fans laughing at the fact that some Patriots fan had to crawl out of this tipped over porta potty. Yeah, I support this 100%. Of course, uh, I hate the Patriots more than I hate, uh, let's say, this network. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I love when people tip over Porta Johns because it's always the guy's fault who got tipped over. You know what I mean? You would think it's like a cruel thing if you go to a if you go to a, like a, an away game in the jersey. You do not use the porta potty, and if you do, you can get your friends to have your back. Who like knows a, this? No one knows. Anyone that. who's ever seen a video of a porta potty getting tipped over, this is not the first time. This is not. It might be Manning's last rodeo, but it's not. It's not this a fan's last rodeo. They've seen it before. It's happened before. You don't do it. It's like if you get guys at concerts, this happens to where they get in a fight and they're like, all right, break it up. All right, see, I'm I'm done with this. Screw you guys. I'm going to go use the porta potty. And it gets tipped (laughs) over immediately. You got to know better. You got to know better. It's a tale as old as time. Uh huh. I mean, the, 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 the concert fight followed by the tipped over porta potty. Whoever always invented, whoever invented the porta potty had this in mind. He knew it was going to happen. I mean, I think it's like the it's it's its first call. It's the first thing you, you'd look for. Order one with two espresso shots and they call red eye. Ain't no telling how many newspapers I read. Buy several papers and I read them all twice, so I can recite them to you backwards, son of nice. That was your old Droog bringing it back, bringing back your old Droog. Uh, he was very happy with us last week for playing his his uh, his new hits. Um, oh, we had definitely talked him up last week. Your old Droog is great. Uh, is a big fan of my comedy. A bigger fan than I would say the network is. Um, he uh, he loves it. He thinks I'm funnier than George Carlin, and he's right. What's wow. Next? What's next, Greg? That's high praise. Do you do you think that? I'm the best of all time. Mm. That's what that one of those articles we talked about way back in episode one or two. Do you remember the title of it? It said Anthony Jeselnik's the greatest stand-up of all time. Something like Anthony that. Anthony Jeselnik's the greatest comedian who's ever lived. I still have it on my phone. I can show you. Did you? Is it framed it in your bathroom? Nope. That's my New York Times review. <laughs> Hot take of the week. We usually do this at the end of the show, uh, but it just fits with what we're talking about right no now. No rules. No rules. We got the Pro Bowl coming up. We're not going to worry about where things go. We're just psyched. We're just psyched about the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game of All-Star Games. The Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah. Well, it, the whole thing is it's a little distracting knowing that just, a f- what, four days from when we're taping this, Team Rice and all the history that comes with Team Rice is going to line up on the field and you start to think back about all the great moments in Team Rice history and then they line up against those famous purple uniforms of Team Irvin. T- you, get, you get Michael Irvin. And you get you get a hula dancer on one side, another hula dancer on the other side. I'm in. <laughs> You're gonna put a flower necklace on them? Oh my god! What time is the game? No one knows, and that's a crime. But we, <laughs> we have to, you know, soldier on and talk about some of the lesser uh, stories, like this hot take of the week. And I'm gonna give it to the Denver Police Department. They were the hot takers of the week. Uh, <laughs> they put a, put out a tweet during the middle of last week's game, the AFC Championship, with a, an emoji, and then a missing persons unit headed to Sports Authority Field, that's where they play, to try and locate the Patriots' offense. Go Broncos. Do you see what they did there? I see what they did there. They were there. saying they was missing. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, you're the police department. All right, first of all, don't jinx your team. It was jinx- in the- It's in the middle of the game. That is insane. It was in the middle of the game, and someone quickly did a – you know, Twitter put a tweet up that said the Broncos at that point had 40 less yards than the Patriots. Hey, buddy, your offense is led by Peyton Manning, who couldn't do anything. There was 15 drives in that game. If you didn't have the best defense of all time, or at least in this game they were, they wouldn't have won. So, you know, it's insane. Out. And also, you you are the cops. 
That Twitter account is for Amber Alerts and Active Shooters. What are you doing making jokes during a game? If anything bad had happened in Denver, if it had been like a radical Islam situation, everyone will be fired. Everyone with a Twitter right. account will get fired. You're saying after that tweet. If, they, if, that if during, if it was like, oh, while they're getting cute, it's going down. It's like, it's, like the, it's like the middle scene from Heat out there, and this guy's on Twitter messing around. Brandon, you ever seen the movie Heat? Nope. God. You also didn't see uh, the movie where our, the intro to the show, it was a quote from a movie. Maybe we don't have to say it. If you know the movie, you can tweet, at, tweet us at it. I don't know. Unless Blade, you Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. I should, I, I mean, the, it's it's the, been so long. The most annoying part. If you didn't know that it was from Blade Runner, you turned off the podcast when I said that. <laughs> the most annoying part to me, actually, any anything to do with the safety of Denver, it's the headline in this Washington Post article, which is such a typical headline for these articles. This is this is the headline: Denver Police Department absolutely destroys Patriots with masterful troll job. That's, that's oh, yeah. What a masterful troll job from the hijinks, from the comedic geniuses at the police department. They're, they are like the new National Lampoons, the Wh- masterful troll job. Whoever wrote that headline doesn't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> you are, your job is to protect and to serve police. Leave the jokes to Damashek. What's next? They act trustworthy, but I'm not convinced. Tell me, Lord, why did you make so many snakes? And is it cool for me to punish them for the mistakes? I know I ain't perfect. Streaming far from it. I'll get away slick and only you know who done it. What was that? Snakes, baby, snakes. Is that the name of the rapper? Is he just a guy who just raps about snakes nonstop? Yeah, well, why is he so great. upset about why God made snakes? <laughs> not sure. That's a crazy thing to rap about. This is, again, we have to play some... Um, some of the music officially approved by the NFL that's in-house music. It's not commercial. or whatever. That's one of them, Brandon? Yeah, absolutely. That was played again. <laughs> they act trustworthy, but I'm not convinced. Tell me, Lord, why did you make so many snakes? And is it cool for me to punish them for the mistakes? I know I ain't perfect. Streaming far from it. I'll get away slick and only you'll know who done it. <laughs> is it cool for me to punish the snakes? When they make mistakes. What what mistakes did your snake make? <laughs> How many snakes does this guy have? That's the worst rap song since it's uh, at, at the Mall. By Honestly, K-Star. that guy that guy opened for Taleb Kweli. He was one of the openers at this concert. Like They were all, oh, so bad. Was that like an edge? For a second, I was thinking maybe it's like a kid's show. It's like an anti-snake song, like stay away from the snakes, kids. We're trying to teach the kids about snakes, but in like a cool hip-hop, young type of way. It sounded like a guy who was doing a karaoke to a hip-hop song and like lost his place and just improvised. The Carolina Panthers won the NFC Championship, and it was not close. I was wrong about the Arizona Cardinals. The Panthers Way rolled, off. and a lot of people still not happy about it. Seahawks fans who lost a couple weeks continue to complain week after week. We just keep hearing more whining by the Seahawks fan. This week, a Seahawks fan started a petition on change.org to ban Cam Newton from the stadium, Century Link Field. I don't think he wants him back in the city of Seattle at all. They want him to stay away, Anthony. This is this is so so awful that I I kind of love it. Like Seahawks fans are becoming the new Patriots fans. Like they just they they expect to win, and when they don't, they act like little children. And and let me start with this: petitions mean nothing. Stop them. Everyone's all we a petition to ban Justin Bieber, a petition to deport so and so. No one cares. Obama's not reading through your signatures, making sure everyone's legit. No one cares. And this petition is even worse than anything else. It's online petition. Um, ever since snakes on a plane bombed to the box office, no one cares what you organize on Facebook. Here's the letter the guy wrote. That's a fact. Ban Cam Newton from CenturyLink Field. He's one of the most unsportsmanlike quarterbacks in the NFL and deserves to be banned from CenturyLink Field. He dislikes Washington as a whole anyways, so why not move to make this possible? That's it. That's all he wrote. Uh, Oh, it was the top part. Oh, I thought that was just the article. Give Give me more music. Cam Newton is one of the most unprofessional, unsportsmanlike individual on the face of the planet. So I say for the 2016 17, when the Panthers come to play in Seattle, he should be banned from entering the stadium. This should teach him to put his arrogance in check. Two exclamation points. I don't even like one. Definitely not two. Uh, you, sir, are racist. I'll say it again. Anyone who doesn't like Cam Newton, anyone who doesn't love Cam Newton is racist. 
Racist, 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 racist. Even my mom tried to say no. I think it's that he won't quarterbacks to act like quarterbacks. My mom's racist. <laughs> I'm calling it out right now. You, uh, you got some notice for your truth to power speech last week about Cam Newton when we were picking on the Seahawks, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, on Reddit. Did you watch that video? I did not. I like, I like when people put together things. They produce things for me. Uh, they took my rant about how uh, awesome Cam Newton is. Reading, reading the letter that, uh, that they wrote about tearing down the 12th man flag and throwing it, saying that uh, in Seattle, uh, the, their quarterback goes and visits sick kids in the hospital. And so they played my clip of me like making fun of this, and then they showed a bunch of pictures of Cam Newton with sick kids in the hospital. Of course Cam does that. Cam is the best. Cam is the best. And if you don't like it, if you don't like it, you're Amistad. You hear me? You are you are Magneto in 12 Years a Slave is what you are if you don't like Cam Newton. Who's the actor? What's his name? I don't think Magneto, the character's in that movie. The actor who played Magneto. What's his I name? Forget. Brandon, you saw it. I did, but I don't remember Michael who Fassbender. Was. You're Michael Fassbender in 12 Years a Slave if you don't like Cam Newton. That's intense. You are... You are the prosecutors who prosecuted O.J. Simpson mm. if you... Don't love Cam Newton. You are Mark Ruffalo, and you can count on me. You ever, no, is he I, racist? I, in that? I've never seen that movie. No. I just—I I bet he was. I just don't understand. I that. know he's racist in real life. Anyone who's like really racist, like the white guys in the Heat of the Night, Gene Hackman in Burning Mississippi—that's what you are. If you don't like Cam Newton, I've never really seen the movie. He might be a good. The guy. entire movie Hoosiers. Maybe that would fit in. No, so no, that'll get way this off. game. You're way off. I mean, I don't understand why you're not clear on this. Greg's 0 for 2. Yeah, Gr- I mean, no, Greg's, I mean, it's, it's 0 for 4. Like, he's so far off. He's, like, playing different games. He, I don't even count those two. He's just 0 and 0. Um, you are. <laughs> I can't think of any other racist people. What's another movie about slavery? They've got some. They have always have some. Uh, you're the, any white person in Roots, the series, if you, uh, if you don't love Cam Newton. I love Cam Newton. He's my favorite. Stop my bread and you caution. Have you in the hospital needed? On the streets in the snow you'll see. See, that was your old Drew again. I think the NFL is going to be psyched when they hear this one this week. They're going to be like, thank you guys. This is a palate cleanser. I agree. They're going to love it. Our love of football, our love of all things Pro Bowl. Again, Sunday at a time to be determined in Hawaii. It doesn't even matter what time it is because it's always Pro Bowl time. I'll I'll make it I'll make it a uh, I'll uh, I'll admit something right now. Since they changed to this new Pro Bowl format, I have not watched the Super Bowl <laughs> because every year I get ready. I have a party. I get ready to watch the Super Bowl, and then I remember that I've got the Pro Bowl on my TiVo. Right. And why watch the Super Bowl when you can watch the Pro Bowl? Why watch regular old rosters when you can watch a super roster <laughs> of Pro Bowlers? That's what I'm all about. You you were a huge fan of that Kyle Rudolph performance when he won the MVP of the Pro Bowl. Boom! I got the Kyle Rudolph Pro Bowl jersey, like everybody Touchdown. does. Air Bud. A lot of Air Bud action coming at us this week on Twitter, and we, we always appreciate that. The downside for the Carolina Panthers for missing, um, I mean, for making the Super Bowl, rather, is they're going to have to miss the Pro Bowl. Oh, I mean, Cam Newton is definitely – it's the first time I've seen him not smile when they told him after the game that he wasn't allowed to go. He was devastated. It's one of the reasons you hate the Patriots so much. Uh, all seven Patriots that made the Pro Bowl decided not to go. Even Malcolm Butler, who was making his first Pro Bowl. I understand they don't want to tarnish it with their BS, <laughs> with, their, with, their, with their Tom Brady-tainted crowd. Oh, please. Luke Keekley and the Panthers are going to the, the Pro Bowl. I mean, the Super Bowl, rather. <laughs> but Luke Keekley got the big pick six last week. He got the touchdown late in the game, kind of cemented. Uh, that win was a very exciting moment. And when he did, the cameras for Fox could not help but catch a fan get a little too excited, Anthony, and flip forward over the railing onto the field. Shout out to Josh Hamilton. I don't even remember the last time I had a wallet. For what? It's only ID in my back pocket. It's rough. Filled out a million applications, but I had lint on my tie and my slacks was fading. So the interview ain't go too smooth. That's a a rapper uh, hired by the NFL to talk about his job interview, which I'm assuming he did not get because of the lint on his tie. That guy didn't even mention snakes once. And how were you not ready with that song? I I set it up so well. I had my hand up forever. You did, but I thought we were going to the next one because they're the same topic kind of. 
you know, same team. Why would I have my hand up for a whole another topic? Don't edit this either. I'm not I going to. Don't worry. With the, <laughs> the tension is thick in the studio. Today. He's the only one at the NFL Network that I like. Brandon? Yeah. Wow. Cam Newton and... He's the only one that I've ever talked to. <laughs> that's, that's true, too. Cam Newton and the Panthers, uh, they've been really embraced by the hip-hop community. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, there's a picture in the locker room with Cam Newton and DMX and Mike Epps, too. And uh, also, before the game, I believe uh, Jeezy was there, Future was there. They're all on the sidelines, just kind of... It's a team that... Uh, that the Panthers embrace hip hop, and uh, hip hop has embraced them right back. That's uh, that's great to hear. Um, <clears throat> if you were, if you were gonna have like rappers in your corner, like I, rappers have my back, but if, rapper, that's if rappers don't have your back, like who would who would they be? You legitimately do have rappers uh, in your corner. Um, I would want C Murder. Do you remember C Murder? He was uh, Master P's brother okay. who called himself C-Murder, and then he murdered someone. Yeah. So if you're going to call yourself C-Murder, and then you murder someone, I feel like that's a good guy to have on your side. Like, he just does not give a f- You know what I'm saying? Do you think that, do you think that he was related to A-Murder and B-Murder? Because <laughs> D-Murder was dope. He was a cousin. Uh, I would go with Mob Deep was the other one that came to mind. I don't know why, but uh, be, you know, living in New York, they just seem to represent that sort of – they just seemed a little scary to me. If I could have Re- Mob Deep represent me, I would go with Mob Deep. Yeah, that w- th- those are all good uh, good choices by you. Um, I've got a couple rappers that definitely have my back. Your old Droog certainly has my back. We've talked about him many times. A guy named Open Mike Eagle, who's a great rapper, once sampled me in one of his songs, which I really liked. Um, really? Yeah. Wow. But he kind of sped it up, so you can't. Un- you, if you if you know the line I used, like you get it that it's me, but I wouldn't have understood it. I'm waiting for someone to name drop me in a song. That's what I'm excited mm-hmm. about. Uh, my friend Jay Farrow. Said someone, uh, someone dropped him in a song. Um, Apathy actually dropped him in a song. Well, you need to come up with a good nick nickname. I mean, a uh, rhyme for Jesselnik. I told really you not to use the N word on this show. That's gonna have to, Brandon. You have to edit that. Um, here's the rappers that I would have my back. In addition to the ones who already have my back, uh, Black Rob. Yeah, for like, sure. Like whoa, Shine, <laughs> Shine would have my back. And and Mace. Oh, Mace. I want someone. I want someone to have the power of the Lord at my back. That was DMX. Shout out to D. What do you think? What do you think we listen to more in college? That song? We listen to that a lot, or like Whoa, Black Rob? Because I loved that. You played like Whoa more than any song uh, since I've met you. What about Things You Can Do by? Yeah, that was up there by, by Deltron. Deltron Thirty Thirty. That was up there, but I I think since we've since I've known you, and I guess you know we were roommates in various houses uh, for three years up there and a couple of years out here. Uh, in those five years, yeah, Black Rob, you played nonstop for six months straight and would not stop. Like I, it was a hard song to get too sick of. But whether it was in the car, whether it was at home, like it didn't matter. You would just put it on, and the second it did, you just like lit up like a Christmas tree and started dancing around. You know? It was great. It's a great song. I stand by it to this day. You know what they're gonna pl- they're gonna play that at the uh, Pro Bowl for whoever wins. The winners get to go in the locker room and hear that song. It is going to be. I think they actually got him. Uh, Black Rob is doing the national anthem. Is he? Before the game, yeah. I think he's still in jail. Edited for Aloha. It's the Pro Bowl. First off, Brandon, when I go to the bathroom, I tell you, turn my mic off. <laughs> I don't want you recording. And secondly, I wanted you to play that in the beginning. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? I'm sorry. Well, wow. I'll accept it. At least someone around here tells me that they're sorry. I thought that was like a recording of, um, of the Marcus uh, Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Just like. That was the conversation going on. Anthony's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Thanksgiving dinner? Brandon Marcus family. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know his last name was Marcus. There you go. Um, you know what the title of that song is, by the way? Please. Drunken Carnival. It's, you know what I was going to say? It sounds like when Frank Drebin goes into the bathroom in, in uh, The Naked Gun. And he doesn't know his mic is on. And he goes in the bathroom and starts singing in there. That's what it sounded like. Have you seen that movie? Nope. Have you ever seen a movie? Yes. I mean, were you raised Amish? I don't understand how you've missed Blade Runner, Naked Gun. What years did they all come out? 
Yeah, the, this is aging you a little bit, Anthony. These Naked are, Gun oh. is a classic. You've seen Airplane, right? May have a long time ago. Okay. Okay, let's move on. Edited for Greg is fighting for his job. I used to be a big fine L and watch a whole lot of basketball and Seinfeld Girl Droog, that was basketball in Seinfeld, one of his newer songs. Not 40 Deuce, which I hope we have coming up soon. Uh, but uh, but basketball in Seinfeld, which he released a few a few months ago. Great song with the with the Seinfeld theme in it, which is cool. People just like it. People like that. What's our last headline, Greg? Chris Christie is in the news this week. He's a noted Cowboys fan. As if the Cowboys couldn't get any more unlikable. That that image of Chris Christie and Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones hugging at the end of the Cowboys Lions, uh, the Cowboys victory over the Lions in the playoffs, uh, is one of the funnier and yet um, distasteful, I would say, images of the last five years. Chris Christie is a little worried that Johnny Manziel could be coming to the Dallas Cowboys. He says he will throw his body in front of the Johnny Manziel train if it heads towards Dallas. I mean, if anyone's body could derail a train, it would be (laughs) Chris Christie. I think that the people of New Jersey should rise up and throw Chris Christie in front of a train. Forget politics. If the governor of Pennsylvania, who I cannot name, nor would I know the name if I heard it, had an opinion on any team outside of Philly and Pittsburgh that wasn't they suck, let's kill them, there would be a statewide riot. Mm. Can you think of any other like representative of a land? And they've, they've got the Giants in Jersey. Is that it? Is that the only team they have? they got the Jets. You got the I mean, Nets. Yeah, used but, to have the, the, but Nets. the Giants play in Jersey. The well, Jets so play in New York. No, they, they're, they're, they're in the same stadium. Jersey? Okay. Come on, buddy. Please. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I care about Pittsburgh and nothing but Pittsburgh. So I don't know these other things. But you're right. I've never even heard of the Jets. They have those two football teams. They're close to Philadelphia, so there's a lot of New Jersey. Yeah, I can see them liking any of those teams. It would be totally fine. But you cannot love the Cowboys, one of the most hateable teams besides the Patriots uh, in the world, not just the, not just the NFL. I, I, if a governor of Massachusetts or someone that was running for governor of Massachusetts openly liked the Cowboys or some other team, that would be it. They're done. That would be it. It would be over. And now, and, and Christie's done. I, I'm not going to vote for him now. <laughs> I'm not going to vote for him unless, unless he comes out on Team Irvin in the Pro Bowl. That was three kids trying to ruin a beat and succeeding. <laughs> you you reminded me when you were talking about Team, Ir- Team Irvin. The, the, the thing that people don't talk about the Pro Bowl enough is the emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and and a lot of it is you know great emotion, but there's a lot of heartache too. There's there's a losing team on the Pro Bowl every year, mm-hmm. and I just have to think back a couple of years. Um, to, I think it was 2014. Team Sanders lost, and and not not only did Team Sanders lose, they haven't even existed since. Where is Team Sanders? I bought my Team Sanders jersey. They just left town. Now it's Team Rice and Team Irvin. There was a Team Carter once. Mm-hmm. Only they Louis. just vanish. Only St. Louis can uh, <laughs> can understand what you're going through, and I, I get it. You know, it's it's a great thing to be invited to the Pro Bowl, but if you lose, you almost wish that you had never been born. <laughs> if you lose the Pro Bowl, let's take it to recommendation station. Uh, Greg, I've got just a book this week. I didn't get to see a movie this week. Okay, it's it's one of those. T- that's a time of year for movies where everything sucks. Everything is terrible. For well, I'm weeks. still catching up. Sure, I have a lot to catch up on still. Sure. Uh, so I saw three in a row last week. Son of Saul. The Holocaust movie. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> uh, it was good, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for other people. It was a tough. You tried to get me to go see it with you, and I refused. It was a I tough was like, experience. I, I can't. I, I, I give the Paul Hall quote. White people don't want to pay $20 to sit in a movie theater for two hours and listen to how f***ed <sighs> up they are. It was, it was tough, um, but it was worth seeing. And the big Powerful, short. The big, the big short, which I thought they did an awesome job. But I, I'm going to recommend uh, Anomalisa, Ooh. the Charlie Kaufman movie, because it passed my one big test for a movie. It's crazy. My wife hated it, absolutely hated <laughs> it. It's creepy, but I have never seen any movie, anything like it. And if you can l- leave the movie theater and say that, that you have never seen anything like that, and you will remember it for a long time. That that means something. Sure, I, I would agree with that. Would you say it's the kind of movie that you should see with someone else? Like you need to have someone with you 
to kind of talk about. Is it like a love story where you'll feel you get depressed if you go by alone? Because every Friday morning, I've got to get out of my apartment for a couple hours to le- let my housekeeper do her thing. And uh, and I go see a movie at the movie theater down the street. Uh, I might go see Anomalisa, but I can't pull the trigger on Anomalisa. It just seems like, like what am I doing? What am I doing here with these puppies? I think you wanna. I think you wanna talk to people about it afterwards. That's okay. true. It's not really. It's not so much about the love story and feeling lonely. It's more uh, strange. Okay. Creepy. Um, I'm gonna recommend a book and a half, Greg. Uh, this is uh, the, this book I read. It's called The City and the City. You heard me right. The City and the City by China Miav- Miavilla. I'm gonna go ahead and say that's how you pronounce that. I name. Like I like when you look up. You the look brand, at me like I don't know. Yeah, you've read the City and the City by China Miavilla. He, he's a famous artist. I assume uh, a writer. I assume it's a guy. I don't know why I think that. Uh, I think I saw a picture China. Uh, who knows? That could be anyone. Uh, that could be a guy or a girl. Um, great book. It's a science fiction, but it's kind of like a uh, like a police detective investigation kind of thing. So it's grounded in reality, but in this weird world where I I hated it for the first like 50 pages, and then I just kept going and then fell in love with it by the end. I always love the, the phrase that if you uh, read a book, a good book, you do the work for the first 100 pages. And then if it, the book is good, the, the book takes over and it does the work for the rest of it. That I, I thought this was a, a great example of that. And I just started a book. Brandon, you can even turn your mic off for this. You don't have to even listen because this doesn't apply to you. But Greg, I, I'm reading your new favorite book. You will love Woo! this. It is called uh, A Little Life. I don't know. Oh, yeah, who, I know. Uh, I don't know who. Uh, I don't remember the, the the woman author's name. Yeah, but it, a, I'm a hundred pages deep. I think it's like it a Japanese American yes, writer, and it is incredible. It's about like a four friends starting their friendship together in college, and then it goes on through the rest of their life. I'm still at like just out of the college phase, but it is an amazing book. Mm. If you liked, and again, I'm only a hundred pages, and I usually don't recommend books until I've finished with them. But I like this so much. I was up all last night. Wow. Um, really loved it. And if you liked uh, The Goldfinch, it's kind of that sort of writing style that uh, that I think you would really respond to that. Hanya Yanagara. Yeah, sure. Yanagihara. A Little Life. Look up A Little Life and forget the author's name. It's going to be I've been meaning to read that too one. Much. It, the name is so complicated, Greg wanted to marry her. Oh, please. That was Recommendation Station. <laughs> The internal biological mental mechanism Let me know the exact time to pass it Ace, eat a hot dog, get mustard on your face 42nd Street is the place That was your old Droog, 40 Deuce Again, we're allowed to play as much old Droog as we want Because he supports the show He's given us permission to go nuts With the old Droog Every week we have a segment called Ask Anthony Where a listener asks you something This week, Vic Vinegar Vic Vinegar Went uh, with the the quantity over quality approach, asked about 12 questions, <laughs> and uh, Vic, it worked because one of them uh, is the one that we chose. What has been your favorite aspect, Anthony, of the Rosenthal and Jesselnick Vanity Project? RJVP. RJVP. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. Uh, I was a little behind on my RJVP whisper. Sorry, guys. Uh, this is an easy one for me. Uh, there's only one thing that I even kind of like about this show, and that, of course, is that uh, I get to make fun of Brandon whenever <laughs> I want. I can just look up and just things just pop into my head. You know what I mean? I don't, I'm not a normally a mean person. I'm not. I'm not no, known for not my insult all. humor. Uh, but when I see Brandon, it just inspires me to uh, to just crush him. And if you if you saw a picture of Brandon, you would know what I'm talking <laughs> about. You would uh, you would know. And of course, no one has ever taken a picture of him. No one <laughs> would waste the film. Uh, film, eh? Yeah. Yeah, film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's How do you like being? Use. You're like a muse. So, you're I like that. That was your comeback. <laughs> not not the fact that no one would ever take your picture, like you're a vampire, like you're an Amish vampire. I'm not saying he's pale. I'm pale. He's just not. He's not even ugly. It's just there's no facial charisma. I'm gonna go ahead and say. Would you agree with me? No, I would disagree 100. percent All right. If Brandon can That's... ever afford a therapist, this is gonna come up. I'm your therapist. Also, I like I like uh, you know getting to clown around with my best friend Greg. Friend. Uh, best friend on the uh, on the show. I like that. I give I give Greg something to live for. I'm sure it's not easy to uh, to be here doing these things that uh, that I think uh, – I mean, every week when I try to quit, you really talk me out of it. You enjoy this. This is, you know, one of the best parts of your week. And I think you like getting to – it's like I'm a, I'm a comet rocketing by, and you just get to grab onto the tail and just ride it for about an hour every week and then let go and kind of just use my momentum to kind of float through space. <laughs> I mean, I've got a great life, and you have a wife and kids. And a, and like a real job that they I who think give me who give to. me love and contentment fulfillment these kids sure sure but you don't get to rock like I do you know what I mean you don't have a refrigerator full of nothing but champagne and, and sparkling water uh, like I do 
that I, I that I like to kind of just let you kind of hang in my in my aura. I really wish that no. people could see the video of Anthony acting out Anthony as a rocket ship flying through the air and me trying to hang on and really getting into it. I can do it all. I can do it all. Three dimensions on this podcast. Our listener of the week is Ice Block, Ice Block Films. That's what he's going by on iTunes. And again, uh, you can leave uh, your comments for us and your ratings on iTunes and subscribe on the show on iTunes. You can go back, listen to all the other episodes, as long as the Rosenthal and Jesselnik Vanity Project. RJVP. As long as it exists. I mean, it'll it'll be there forever. That's a, that's the a great thing. Well, before you read this, what are the chances this is our last episode? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, I know. Oh, I'm, I'm saying if it's not up to me, like, I will, let's say I'll come back for, I'll come, because you're off next week. Yeah, so, but, but well, I'm in. I'm at the Super Bowl, so yeah. we can't do the podcast. They offered. They offered to let me. Brent, did you know this? They they were like, would Anthony go to the Super Bowl? Like, go do stuff like with, with Greg for the week, if we give him a ticket, not a hotel, not transportation, not two tickets, so I could bring a friend. <laughs> One ticket. You are bending the truth here. You're bending no, that's that's what you told other. me. Am, am I wrong? What was the truth? I don't know. Something. <laughs> Wait, now I want to know the truth. I think I was I was saying like, is that a possibility? I don't even know if it would have. I don't even know if that would have happened. We couldn't even get you. Uh, couldn't get you anything else. I think the more like the most insulting thing they could do, they would have done, and that sounds like it. Maybe like half a ticket. Maybe a ticket for last year's game. <laughs> um, Anthony, it's gonna it's gonna be tough for Anthony to stay interested in football after the Pro Bowl. I mean, yeah. Once so, soon as it's over, so that's a that's a problem. Um, so I hope I hope it keeps going. But like I said, uh, Ice Block Films left this note. Uh, best podcast. Maybe send me to Hawaii. Ooh, that, that would then I would do. I'll do. I'll I'll commit to three years right now if they send me to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. Some Brandon, of, ask. Some of the. I some, will absolutely ask. That would be incredible if that actually happened. Some of the shadowy uh, league figures are definitely ask uh, ask Csun or whatever the hell you're coaching now. Uh, the best podcast on earth uh, is what Ice Block Film says. I had a dream, and Greg and Anthony were coming to Tokyo to do an appearance slash signing in celebration of this podcast. I went to it, and Anthony had sent a 10-year-old boy in his place and instructed him to sign everything. What are you going to do about it, Anthony? That's the comment. I just that's like a, that. That's. I mean, I did not see that comment. That's. A, that's. A, it's pretty good. I like when it, I have a theory that whenever someone tells you they had a dream about you, that means they want to have sex with you, and they're telling you that. Mm. Like, if you want to have sex with me, you can. I had this dream about you. Would you agree with that, Brandon? I actually would. Has yeah. anyone ever told you that they had a dream about you? Yes. Surprising, right? No, it's my face. No, I mean it's not. It's not. It, I'm saying you're not ugly. It's just unremarkable. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just like not. It's not pleasing. It's not unpleasing. I just don't leave a lasting impression. There. Is what you're saying. Yeah, like you could commit a crime and you, there would be no witnesses, even if you did it in the middle right. of the Pro Bowl. If you with s- everyone watching, with the world watching. If you see Anomalisa, you you should go see it, Brandon, and think of yourself as one of the faces in Anomalisa. You'll know what I mean. You need to go see the Naked Gun stat, and then go see Anomalisa. I also this one caught my fancy, not only because it was the most recent one, so it just seemed good. Uh, we might go to Tokyo. This, yeah, that's this true. Off season. Anthony has uh, really wanted to go to Tokyo, and uh, me and my wife are going to be going at some point. Uh, my wife and, and our kids will stay there for a while, but I'll go for a week or so. Yeah. And uh, Anthony wants to come up, come along for a few of those days and, and rock out in Tokyo. I love that you guys have to decide with you and your wife like how the trips work. So like, Greg wants to like fly either there with me or back with me with just the two of us, and then one trip he's got to be with his wife and kids, they, which is more fun. <laughs> me, could you imagine me and you on a flight to Tokyo? We would ball so hard. We would ball so hard, they would divert the flight. It would be a Malaysian flight 93, I'm going to go ahead and call it, situation. We would take that thing down. It would be, uh, it would be wonderful. And, and uh, it would get worse when we get there because we would be welcomed off the plane by, uh, by Watanabe-san, my, uh, my father-in-law, Takeshi. Shout, I would love out, it. shout out to him. He doesn't listen to the podcast, but uh, no one balls harder than him. He would be greeting us with, with some bottles probably at the, at the airport, and it would be insanity. I would love it. I would love it. And I think it would be nice to have your, your father-in-law have someone he could like enjoy and relate <laughs> to and have a good time with. That was Goldie Hawn dancing. <laughs> that was a shout out to Laughing 
Brandon, you ever seen Laughing? Nope. Did you get the reference when I said Goldie Hawn dancing? Do you like know what I know who about? Goldie Hawn is? Isn't her uh, her daughter Kate Hudson? Or am I oh completely wrong? Oh my god, you were young. I once dropped off a script. I remember when we were working at Hallway Pictures at Goldie Hawn's house. I had a uh, I had a uh, interview to be like an assistant at their production company. It's weird. <laughs> and they were talking up uh, they were talking up Kate Hudson and how like gr- great she was. And I was just looking at them like, uh, mm-hmm, I'm not getting this job. And I did not. <laughs> Thank God I did not. I saw them out to eat once uh, a few weeks, a few months ago. Let's talk about uh, predictions. Let's do uh, it this week. I'm gonna do something different this week. Uh, we only have one game, and uh, people have been asking about this email. I guess I referenced in the first episode, where an ex-girlfriend of mine tried to burn down my life. Uh, I discussed this on the Tonight Show once, and, and this girl and I have since uh, become friends again. I've like forgiven her, and now I think it's kind of a funny story. But I've never actually read the email in its entirety. Uh, so I know we're going long here. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of edits this week that will cut some ch- cut some time out. But this is worth uh, this is worth saving. This is worth savoring. If the podcast lives on in any sort of way, it will be because of this email. So give me your prediction, and then I'm going to couch my prediction in this email uh, from <laughs> okay. my ex. Uh, we might as well pick the Super Bowl, or should we pick the big game, the Pro Bowl? I don't want to pick the Pro Bowl because I want to just enjoy it as a fan. It's almost like how like Chris Collinsworth won't predict the game that he's in. Yeah, kind of there's too much emotion at stake when Irvin, when Irvin and – Rice matchup, mm-hmm. and I, 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 I speak for both of us when I say we've got a lot of money on this game. Oh, of course, our life savings, right? The I mean, when you think Irvin and Rice, you think really the Lombardi and the Belichick of their eras as coaches, mm-hmm. just as masterminds. They get that team, they and only, as people, and they only it's have a like, couple days to get them ready, and yet they come out there with some really innovative stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Football, it's fine. <laughs> the prediction I have for the Super Bowl is. Not going to be welcomed in the Milner household. That's uh, my uncle and uh, you know my my cousin Justin Milner, and they're they're big time listeners of the show. At least my uncle is. I think they're Denver Broncos fans, by the way, and I think they're going to be disappointed. I don't think this is going to be like a couple years ago. John Elway, when he saw that loss, wanted to build a tougher team, a bully, a better defense, and he's done it. He's basically done it, and so their reward will be they'll keep the Super Bowl closer. It's going to be one of those Super Bowls. That's totally unmemorable. We haven't had one of those in a while where it's just 28 to 13. It's not, it's not ex- an exciting blowout. Panthers are totally in control the whole time. They're just the, simply the better team, and Peyton Manning goes out on a losing note. That's my prediction. Okay. That's a, uh, that's a good prediction. Now, let me set up this email. I was working on a uh, TV show called The Unit. Uh, which was a TV show that aired for a couple seasons on CBS. I was an accounting clerk. That was my that was my uh, day job while I got good at stand-up. And I got a development deal with MTV to do a TV show where I was a comedian who had a day job that he hated and was trying to get out of it. So he just like hated his boss, and then he'd go out at night and be good at stand-up. And that was, like, that was the, the premise of the show. And I kind of made it just about the people that I worked with, thinking no one's ever going to see this. <laughs> and then I broke up with a girl who was kind of internet savvy, and she took the treatment and then made up an email address. The treatment is, is what? A treatment is like, is like a, you know, kind of just ca- talking about the characters in the TV show and what the TV show is to people who had never, never seen it. And I didn't even change names uh, <laughs> in, in the treatment that, I, that she got a copy of. And so she made an email account called the unit snitch at gmail.com <laughs> and then emailed my boss. And then my boss read this email, brought everyone else from my office that was mentioned in it into her office to read it, and then brought me in to read it. And uh, I'll read the email right now. This is one of the worst moments of my life I'm going to go into here. Uh, Subject, information about Anthony Jesselman. (laughs) Hi, Cindy. First and foremost, please forgive us for wishing to remain anonymous. We just want to do this quietly without causing major office drama. Frankly, we're fed up with Anthony and believe the amount of special treatment he receives is extremely unfair. Although we like Anthony outside of the office, his work ethics are despicable. (laughs) Below are just a few examples of what he really does while he's here. He constantly tells us how he hates working under you and Chris, and how he plans on letting his workload pile up until January, when one day he's going to come into the office, tell you off, and hopes you'll fire him on the spot. He wants to get fired now, but he can't afford it. He plans on living off unemployment, but right now the amount of unemployment he'd receive isn't enough, and he'll receive more money if he waits until January. Checks Every time, hmm? I was going to say that all checks out. Oh yeah, this is, these are not exactly lies, but you don't want to say it in polite company. Every time you two argue, he laughs about it to us and tells us how psychotic he thinks you are and how your son should be taken away from you, etc. 
He has no respect for you or anyone else here. He constantly surfs the internet, checks and returns personal emails, and downloads music and videos. Every time we walk by his computer, he's on the website MySpace or ESPN or reading message boards. He's either late or leaves early, saying he has meetings to attend. He tells you that because he knows you'll believe it. He went out of town three weeks ago, is going out of town next weekend, and again at the beginning of December for an entire week. Why is he allowed to take so much time off? We don't think the extra hours he puts in covers it. It's just not fair. He uses company time to write jokes for his comedian career and works on his MTV show. His MTV show, by the way, is based on our office and coworkers, including you and Chris. He has turned both of you into characters. Below is an example of what we found in his computer, which he wrote on company time and submitted to MTV. And this is now part of the treatment. The show is called Day Job. This show operates under the assumption that the day job is a horrible thing and that anyone who enjoys work is a complete moron. That may be a harsh assessment, but it is certainly true. A day job is not a career. No one, regardless of sex, race, age, or orientation, has ever felt anything but hatred for a day job, yet it is a necessity of survival. Day jobs pay rent, credit card debt, student loans, and bar tabs. Secretaries, clerks, and assistants move through the awful purgatory of the day job to gain experience so they might one day embark on fulfilling careers. Young people slaving at a day job are angry young people, and they should be. Where to channel that anger? This show suggests that frustration should be taken out on the one day job representative that's not in it for the short term, the boss. The day job in question here is a small office housing the following. The boss, the boss's secretary, the first assistant, the office supply manager, the receptionist, five computers, rows upon rows of filing cabinets, and Anthony. Anthony's the office anti-hero, displaying zero respect for authority, <laughs> essentially performing no productive tasks for the office, yet managing to be popular and respected man on the job. Having either quit or been fired from every possible job in the area, he cannot lose this one. Anthony carries a chip on his shoulder the size of the punk rock movement and behaves as a borderline sociopath. The choices he makes in life are not based on right or wrong, rather the level of possible embarrassment and effort required. Anthony is also a wannabe stand-up comedian, too clever by three quarters, and operating under the belief that any day now he'll be plucked from day job obscurity and put on Letterman, not Leno. Considering Anthony lives in Pittsburgh, not Los Angeles or New York, this is a pipe dream to all but him. Anthony has no respect for anyone he considers an authority figure. However, our anti-hero more than makes up for it with humor and raw charm. The Boss Lady. Her name is Cindy, and she is the worst, all caps. <laughs> Playing favorites, completely irrational and utterly irrelevant. She feels that since she makes the most money, she should have to do the least amount of work. Cindy, despite making her pay rank known to all, is constantly having tax problems and lives on the brink of financial ruin. Could owning seven horses be the problem? <laughs> She'll never admit it, but she has to leave work constantly to deal with her pet slash friends. Cindy likes Anthony, but only because she doesn't know how he truly feels about her. The first assistant, Chris, <laughs> is a sycophant, completely disrespected by everyone in the office. Overweight, all Gary talks about is sports, going into ridiculous details about statistics, and comedy, describing entire episodes of South Park, while making up outrageous lies about his personal life to build himself up to, build himself up to an apathetic staff. He somehow manages to actually do less work than anyone but Cindy, although he's supposed to be the workhorse. Chris hates Cindy, but praises her constantly while barely concealing his desire to replace her. Now, this goes back to my ex just talking to Cindy. Anthony constantly teases us, and while we brush it off as him just being him, it hurts our feelings and leaves us unfocused. It is to the point where we dread working with him and are uncomfortable around him. He's intimidating, rude, and obnoxious. It's extremely unpleasant. Witnessing him receiving so much special treatment and getting away with everything is decreasing staff morale. We enjoy working here and value our jobs. Anthony does not. <laughs> Anthony makes a mockery out of our office and doesn't want to be here. Everyone knows that. It's insulting and frustrating to see him get away with so much while we do this grunt work. We suggest you beat him at his own game and let him go now, sticking it to him when he can't afford it instead of letting him win and screwing us all over in January. There are plenty of people who would love to have his job and who would actually work. Now, imagine... <laughs> Wait, you're actually still back to being semi-friends with this girl? Yeah, it was like so ridiculous. And I didn't speak to her for years. And then it was so ridiculous that it was, like, kind of funny. And once my boss forgave me, like, my boss cried. Like, the assistant guy never talked to me again. Did you end up actually quitting in January? No, I, well, I worked for a little bit. I lost the job when the, there was a writer's strike that happened. So, like, I just got kind of laid off like everybody else did, and they finished that for me. Um, but, like, I, that night, they all thought it was funny because it was obviously my ex who was doing this. They were like, no one here would – if someone was complaining about you – and everything they said was true about me, by the way. But everyone knew it and thought it was kind of funny. Um, and so, like, or at that least night, that's your interpretation of it. One of the guys didn't talk to you. 
Yeah, well, I'm, no, I mean, they, at the time, though, they thought it was funny. They were like, oh, this is crazy that your ex would do this. My boss had to report it to her boss because it was sent to her company email. She was like, they could see this. So that night, they're, like, laughing about how crazy this is and, like, don't respond to her, just, like, let it go. I didn't speak to her again for, like, years. But then the next day, I came into work. And they had all had the night to think about it. And it was so, like, spot on and, like, details about their lives that they never forgave me. Like, my boss was crying. I went in, I was like, do you want me to quit? This is so awful. And a couple years later, they, like, once I kind of you know, made it and got, got some fame, they would all kind of get in touch with me or Cindy did anyway. And like kind of laughed about it now. But so I kind of forgave, uh, I kind of forgave the ex, <laughs> That's big of you. but, uh, That's yeah, amazing. it was, a, that was, it was a rough one. Imagine like I was sweating so hard reading this with all of them just staring at me. How old were you at the time? God, this was 26 or so maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It was about 10 years ago. So yeah, it was about 26, 25, 26. That was a rough one. That was a rough one. Did she really own seven horses? She had a lot of horses. <laughs> she had a lot of horses. Brandon, did you, when you heard the description of uh, how Anthony uh, joked around and but made fun of all the people around him at work and how it made them feel, did, did you identify with that at all? I did. It made me sad. I hope one day I uh, can forgive Anthony for this. By the way, Carolina wins. Oh, sweet Carolina, making up for slavery in a tight game. <laughs> Sit back. That wasn't long enough, but that was Sit Back and Enjoy the Ride by Unknown, the official song of the Pro Bowl. Uh, Greg, uh, this might be our last show. I can see the NFL listening to this and being like, guys, get out of here. Stop wasting company resources and time. But if it's not, uh, let me know how are the God Kids doing? How are your daughter and son, Walker and Ellis? Well, like I told you, they moved into, you know, Walker moved into Ellis's room, and it was the cutest thing the other night. Walker just basically making all these sounds all day. And then Ellis wants to come over to him and sort of Pro Bowl fever, catch it. Hi and hello, football fans. Your old pal Dave Damashek here. Make sure you check out the Dave Damashek football program. You can watch it on YouTube, NFL.com. You can listen to it on iTunes or Stitcher or NFL.com slash podcasts. We look at the world of pro football and the game called life.